and opened up to reveal across a field golden with hay the gates of Fort Steele Academy. Dr. Booth slowed down. He wasn't ready. He wanted a moment to probe the doubt he felt. But when his car came into view, the two cadets at the gate snapped to attention and held their salutes until he'd driven between them onto the grounds of the school. Owen braced his hands against the dashboard, and Dr. Booth heard him say something under his breath. They bumped over the cobbled lane toward a courtyard bordered on three sides by grey stone buildings. Two flags hung from the pole in the yard, Old Glory on top, the school crest flapping below, twin sabers crossed above a castle. A line of cadets waited in the circular drive at the end of the lane, legs slightly apart, arms behind their backs. Like the guards at the gate, they wore black uniforms with white belts. Their eyes were shadowed by the gleaming bills of their caps. Son, Dr. Booth said, what did you mean, it's what I want? Owen stared at him without comprehension, then looked back at the line of cadets. Dr. Booth stopped the car. Well, Owen, what do I want? For me to grow up, Owen said, watching one of the cadets march toward them. He was tall, and his chin was long and sharp, and his belt buckle flashed like a beacon. Carrying a clipboard in a crisp prescribed-looking way, he stopped in front of the car and waited as Dr. Booth and Owen got out. Name, sir? Booth. The cadet ran a finger down the clipboard. Booth, Owen G., blood type A. That's my boy. Dr. Booth smiled at Owen, who stared dead ahead. He'd attempted to square his thin shoulders and was holding his arms straight at his sides. He had never looked so young. Dr. Booth made up his mind to have a talk with Colonel Carl before he left. He wasn't going to leave his son here without some definite assurances. Private Booth is late, sir. Roll call for new men is thirteen hundred hours. I'm aware of that. We had some trouble getting here. A lot of trouble. In fact, that map is practically worthless. I'm sure you have excellent reasons, sir. The fact remains, Private Booth is late. Private Booth will report immediately to the quartermaster. When Private Booth is given his gear, he will move smartly to D Barrack and await orders. Corporal Costello will escort him. You can leave his bags here. He snapped his fingers, and another cadet stepped forward from the line. Owen turned quickly and held out his hand. Dr. Booth understood that he did this to prevent the embrace he'd known was coming, which his wounded father was tempted to impose on him anyway, but he took his son's hand in his own. Goodbye, sir, Owen said. Then he fell in behind Corporal Costello and followed him across the courtyard. Trying to match the cadet's precise stride and rigid carriage, he didn't even come close, and Dr. Booth knew he never would. The distracted saunter he kept breaking into wasn't an accident of age, something to be outgrown or overcome. It was, in truth, nothing less than Owen himself. I need to speak with Colonel Carl, Dr. Booth said. Colonel Carl is busy, sir, the cadet said. Dr. Booth insisted, and finally the cadet had another boy take him to a windowless lounge in the basement of the far building. He was alone there. An aerial photograph of the school took up most of one wall, otherwise the room was bare of ornament. Four overstuffed chairs faced a coffee table, on which lay an academy brochure, identical to the one Dr. Booth had received. He picked it up and slowly turned the pages, then put it down and paced the room. A silent grandfather clock, hands frozen at 6.18, stood in one corner, an empty umbrella stand in another. Time passed. 
When Dr. Booth went upstairs to the door he'd entered through, the courtyard was empty. The flags drooped on their pole. He stepped outside and, seeing no one, followed a brick walkway around back in the direction Owen had gone. The path skirted a deserted football field with bleachers on one side, then led past a pond covered with lily pads. On the opposite bank, black against the hazy sky, rose the stone walls and battlemented tower of what Dr. Booth recognized from the brochure as Memorial Chapel. He stepped off the path and pushed through clumps of sumac and elder to the other side of the pond. One half of the arched door was locked, the other slightly ajar. Dr. Booth listened, heard nothing, and entered the chapel. Weak light fell aslant through long, narrow windows that looked like gun slits. It seemed to dim rather than brighten the oak pews and stone floors. There was no organ, the altar was bare. On the